And this is what I mean about the momentum continuing as well. Like this, uh, there'll be a whole new generation of, of soccer fans in Canada, hopefully, that now want to play for the national team. They can see that they can do that at the, the very highest level. episode, I think episode 5 this is, of uh, TFC Story. Today we're going to deviate a little bit from TFC, obviously, and uh, as we mentioned in the last episode, we're going to talk about the Canadian national team today. We're going to talk a little bit about their qualifying for the uh, 2022 World Cup and where we see things going once the tournament starts, which as you're listening to this is probably just a day or so away. Uh, so, so maybe we'll start with the qualification process. Lawrence, um, just maybe your overall thoughts or, or anything specific regarding qualification? What yeah, your... thanks, Alan. I, mean, I think the first thing to, to mention here to everyone listening is that while I have a keen interest in TFC, my knowledge and interest in the Canada national team is not as deep. Um, so I'm going to be relying on you a lot, Alan, for players that maybe I'm not so familiar with or that you've seen play that I haven't because, you know, full disclosure to the listeners, we live in Europe and the, the, the qualification games are taking place at... Two and three o'clock in the morning, um, so I, I was not staying up for those. Um, but yeah, you can lead us through. I'll talk about the players I know, and uh, yeah, you can give us your thoughts on the ones that maybe I'm less familiar with. All right. Well, yeah, we can talk about the. Uh, so I think we mentioned this in the last episode as well. Um, the official World Cup squad hasn't been announced yet at the time of recording. However, I don't think there's going to be too many surprises unless we get a random Scott Arfield call up or something like that. Uh, I think it's going to be largely the players that have been playing recently and who have qualified for the World Cup that are going to be in the squad, barring you know major injury, things like that. So, first up for Canada is going to be Belgium. I mean, let's 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 talk about the World Cup a bit later. Let's first just talk about Alan as a Canadian fan. Uh, you know, Canada have qualified for the World <clears> Cup. It's the first time in your adult lifehood or lifetime that this has happened. Give us your overall thoughts. Yeah, it is. So it's not officially the first time they've qualified in my lifetime, but it's certainly, as you said, the first time they've qualified in my adult lifetime. And when they qualified the first time in 86, I wasn't like an avid fan or even a sports fan at that time. I was just a little kid, uh, completely oblivious to the, to the World Cup at the time. So this is the first time, yeah, that I'm going into a World Cup with actually my home country to root for. It is a, a bizarre feeling, even more bizarre that we finished top of qualifying in CONCACAF uh, ahead of Mexico, ahead of the US, ahead of the traditional powerhouses. Um, I've experienced so many World Cup qualifying campaigns that were failures, obviously, and uh, to have a successful one and a very successful one of that is just, yeah, it feels like a dream that I haven't woken up from yet. Oh my goodness, we've just got breaking news. Is that true? No, it's just Jesus. A oh my goodness. You want to say what that is? Yeah, I mean, guys... <laughs> It's funny that, okay, full disclosure, we recorded the uh, TFC season review episode just before this, and I talked about the need to bring in a top centre-back uh, that can be a leader on the pitch, and we've just seen a rumour pop up here that TFC are looking to get Harry Maguire after the World Cup, so yeah, that's just something that just happened to pop up while we were, uh, while we were talking, and yeah, let's, sorry, let's get back into it, so overall thoughts, Alan, I mean... 
I've observed Canadian soccer from 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 a distance. Let's say I think the first time I was I was that interested. They needed to get a draw against Honduras to even get into the final stage of qualification, and they ended up losing eight nil. So I mean, the team that I'm used to is you know players who say I don't want to play for Canada because I think I can make it for my other country. Whether that's you know <laughs> certain players along along the way who now have decided actually it's time. Yeah, generally speaking, not a not a powerhouse of, of international football. Let's let's put it that way. But it's all changed this qualification period. We have seen some unbelievably talented players that are now, that are now playing in European clubs really come into their own and yeah, wipe the floor with not just the you know the smaller nations, but US and Mexico were put to the sword as well. And that's it's great to see. Let's put it that way. Undefeated against Mexico and the US in, in qualifying. Home and away, just I feel like we've caught lightning in a bottle here in, in, in a way because, yeah, as you as you mentioned in the past, there's, there's been instance, instances where good players didn't want to play for Canada, and you know then Canada's not that good of a, a nation, and then it just kind of feeds itself a Teufelkreis, as they would say in German, I guess, a <laughs> devil circle. I don't know. But um, yeah, at the moment we've got some really young players that, that have decided to represent Canada. The team's going in the right direction. I think Herdman's been fantastic as a manager as well. Just everything's going in the right direction right now. And the the trick for Canada at this point is to keep the momentum going and keep this continuing year after year. Canada needs to be uh, a mainstay in the World Cup because the potential's always been there. And realistically, in our region of the world, we should be qualifying for the World Cup every year ahead of nations like Costa Rica and, and so on. So yeah, I'm 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 excited, but it's it's all new territory for me, and it's it's there's no precedent for me, so I don't really know. It's not. I think it'll feel different, hopefully, in the future when I say, okay, this is you know Canada, we're in the last World Cup. This is how we did. This is how hopefully we'll we'll improve. But right now, I don't even know what success is because success is qualifying for the World Cup, which we have done now. So now, I guess I think it's just going to have to be stages, scoring our first goal, getting our first result. Um, and, and once you once you achieve one, it's always on to the next. And I don't think there's necessarily a, a limit. Like once we get our first result, we should get our first win. We should get a qualifying out of the group for the first time. You know, it's just go as far as we can, do as much as we can. Everything's going to be a milestone, which is kind of interesting. And yeah. I just yeah, yeah it's, it's it's an exciting time to be a, a Canadian soccer fan, let's say, or even a Canadian who's not a soccer fan at all has no interest at all, but. Hears about them qualifying for the World Cup and says, "Yeah, I'll support the boys." Before they know it, they they the biggest Alfonso Davies fan in the world. And this is what I mean about the momentum continuing as well. Like this, uh, there'll be a whole new generation of, of soccer fans in Canada, hopefully, that now want to play for the national team. They can see that they can do that at the, the very highest level. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, we just keep the ball rolling. But um, yeah, it starts it starts now. Good. So yeah, let's let's get into it. I mean. Should we talk about the squad? Should we talk about expectations? Should we then talk about the World Cup itself? I mean, full disclosure, guys, at the time of recording, the the friendly against Bahrain has actually just finished. It's just, you know, just finished now, 2-2 draw. So we haven't watched the game. We're aware of all the players who are in the squad. A lot of familiar names I know from from TFC um, and from MLS in general. But obviously, this was a squad that had none of the European-based players who still got one round of games to play. So it really was a case of, you know, guys that are maybe, you know, you have to assume Herdman's got 20 names on his list already that he's, that he's 
guaranteed to be taking, and maybe one or two had the chance to put their name forward at the end here and, and get, themselves, get themselves into that 26. So we're going to go through, you know, who we would take in the squad and expectations from from uh, centre-backs, from full-backs, from central midfielders to, yeah, obviously the forwards, and talk about expectations for the games, the three big games we've got coming up. Um, I mean, full disclosure to the listeners, I am a... <laughs> An English guy, an Iranian guy, a German guy. What? <laughs> At the same time. So I've actually got three teams to support going into this World Cup, as well as Wales, as well as uh, Canada to an extent as well. So, you know, my 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 brain's in it, but may, maybe you can say my heart's not. But I, I certainly will be supporting Canada all the way, you can say. Unless they play. <laughs> um, and then we hope for a draw, but I guess it'll be the knockout stages, so yeah. it wouldn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. If you want to talk about individual players, some players that you would know, I could ask you about them if you think they should be in the World Cup squad or not. These are the TFC yeah, players. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's not just TFC players I know about. It's all the European-based players. And, I mean, I'm a big FIFA player. and I, I, I did go through a period of playing as Canada for a while because I think they've got a lot of pace. And, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> so that's how I'm familiar with a lot of players from, from their computer version, not from their real-life version. <laughs> but I'm going to throw some names at you, and you just say yes or no if you think they should be in the squad. Okay, so, so are we talking about the squad or the team? Uh, the squad. Okay, so we're in the 26. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. So, uh, Jaden Nelson. Um, uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, Osario. Definitely yes. Okay. Uh, Larea. Definitely yes. Okay, okay. let's get into it. Um, so, goalkeepers. We've seen a, a bad injury last weekend, and we've seen some players in form and out of form. Alan, if we're taking three keepers to the World Cup... Who would you take? I mean, honestly, like, Cripple, I think it's it's such a, a pity that he got injured when he did. Obviously, congratulations on winning the MLS Cup, but it's uh, it's bittersweet, I think, for him. Um, because I believe he's the keeper of, of the future. He's a little bit he's a little bit younger than um, Boyan, so I think the next World Cup cycle, it's, it's going to be him. And hopefully he goes to the World Cup anyways, at least, you know, just just not in a player capacity, but just to support the boys, And because apparently he's a... He's a, a good voice in the dressing room and, and all that. But obviously Boyan is, is the, the keeper. I think this is the one position where fortunately we've got a, a little bit of depth. So, yeah, Boyan. It looks like um, Herdman's brought in St. Clair for the Bahrain friendly that just happened. And uh, I would see him, I guess, coming. He seems to be in the mix, but he would be back up definitely to Boyan. And then, I don't know, take your pick for the third. I'm, I think it's going to be Boyan playing in any regard every game. Yeah, I mean, the only one I've really seen play a lot is Boyan. I've been very impressed with him. I know that he, he gave a quite an emotional uh, interview after qualification for the World Cup, and good luck to him. I mean, let's assume he's going to be the starter in all three games, uh, unless you think anyone else deserves it. No. There has been some talk that because of his Serbian background, it might motivate the Croatian team to... <laughs> I don't know, but uh, so maybe the... the, the you know, my, double mind games don't play them against Croatia, but I think you, you play your best no, goalkeeper. Exactly. <laughs> I would agree with that. Okay, so goalkeeper, I think, is the, the, the position is pretty much nailed down. Let's get into the centre-backs. Yeah, so it's, it's so funny because, uh, yeah, as a long-time Canadian fan, if anything, defence has always been our strength. Um, and going forward, a little bit less so, but it's completely turned on its axis here where... I think defensively we're, we're, we can be got at, but going forward we look pretty dangerous. So 
Um, defensively, I think you've got obviously you've got Alfonso Davies, whether he plays as a wing back or probably more forward for Canada. But I guess officially he's kind of a defender. I think he'll be he'll be more forward. But yeah. Well, let's let's talk first about the centre backs. The centre backs. So Stephen Vittoria, I would take him for sure. Otherwise, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think I think Daniel Henry has to come just because we don't have a lot of depth. I am worried whenever I see him come onto the pitch for Canada because I feel like he's uh, he's a he's a dynamite ready to explode and a red card waiting to happen in a sense. But I I think for the dressing room he's really good. I think he's he he's very vocal, very positive in the dressing room. He's a good squad player to have, in my opinion. I've heard that he ups the level of intensity in training, which I can imagine. I don't really want to see him on the pitch, to be honest, but I think in the squad, I would take him. Um, yeah, I think Miller and, and Vittorio are going to be... Oh, Miller your, for sure. ...your yeah. two starting centre-backs. Obviously, we'll talk about whether you think we should play three, whether we, you know, even maybe four against Belgium, but um, <laughs> I think those are your two. I think the, the Vittorio story is interesting because he's played most of his career in Europe, and the one time he played in the MLS, he scored one goal, and it was against TFC away at Bimo Field. And it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Was that a game you were at, or was that just a game you watched? That was a game I watched. I remember, okay. <laughs> I, remember um, I mean, he, he scored, and it wasn't mentioned at the time, but he went over to, you know, somebody in the crowd to celebrate. And I think it was an interview with, with Christian Jack that was the pitch side reporter on, on TSN, and he mentioned that... Uh, that, yeah, Vittorio was actually, you know, from Toronto, and he, he's, he's a local boy, and just happened that he, you know, at that point, he hadn't played any games for Canada, he wasn't willing to commit to an international career with Canada, but in the meantime, he has, and uh, yeah, this is his chance to make things right with the TFC fans. Yeah, it's kind of funny because after he celebrated, he celebrated with some fans on the stand who were his family, and it's just like, who's this random Canadian that we haven't really heard about? But we definitely know who he is now. And to be fair, he hasn't just jumped on the bandwagon. Like he joined Canada when Canada still weren't, we're still underachieving, in my opinion. And he's a big part of the reason why Canada have gotten yeah. better. So, yeah, and I think for him, he's thirty-five years old. This is going to be his, his one and only um, World Cup. I mean, Stephen, if you're listening, hey, if you want to keep going for another four years and try and make it. <laughs> be my guest <laughs> but I can't see it happening so yeah I mean he's, he's got to be a starter and yeah Miller is your, your other option I mean there's been talk about using Hutchinson as a centre back which is a possibility because the depth in central midfield is, is actually quite quite strong but we can talk more about that when we talk about the individual three games we've got coming coming up let's now talk about left back and right back Alan are you taking two of each are you taking one of one and one of the other or are you taking the Bob Bradley approach and taking one <laughs> no um, well, with Canada, and especially with defense, I'm, t- I'm taking whoever we've got, basically. One of the best options is Alistair Johnson. Um, he can also play center back. He's going on the plane for me. Obviously, Richie Larea is going on the plane. Atakubi, for sure. Um, I think kind of no-brainers, right? Like, these guys these guys need to, need to go. Yeah, and I mean, the three that you mentioned for me, definitely. Um, if you want to count Buchanan as a... As a, as a Fullback, then I would take him as well, but I guess he's more of a yeah. probably starting on right midfield if that's the formation that the Canada are going to play. But yeah, I think I mean we talk about the I think the problem is the the lack of depth at centre back if either Miller or Vittoria get injured. That's the problem uh, that I that I foresee. And obviously, going into the first game against Belgium, you might want to have three centre backs for that one, and then 
Who is the third centre-back? Is it Daniel Henry, who isn't even good enough to get in the TFC team? Is it McNaughton? I don't know. This is what I mean. We don't have a lot of depth. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say in that situation, you probably would move Hutchinson back to play centre-back uh, to try and keep uh, Lukaku quiet. But yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, shall we go into midfield? midfield. Cent- central midfielders? Central midfield. So Stacchio, one of the first names on the team sheet, has to be. There's Petit backing him up, I would say. You've got guys like Osorio. You've got, obviously, Hutchinson could be there. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the midfield? The four you mentioned, for me, they will, will go. Um, K as well is another one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, K should be in the squad. I would say, um, I mean, you've got to look at how many you expect to actually play. What I wanted to ask you is, if you're playing with two, are you, are you going with, with Hutchinson and, and Eustachio, or are you bringing in Osorio to make a three? Do you fancy K to play in that position? I, okay, as I said, Estacchio has to play no matter what. Um, he's crucial for set pieces and just kind of controlling the, the pace of the game. Hutchinson depends sort of on the opponent and because he, he's, he's such a valuable player, even at age almost 40, I think he is now, that, that yeah, we might need him in centre-back, we might need him in midfield, depending on the opponent. But Estacchio's playing midfield no matter what. Osario has a lot of experience, he could play there. Kone is an interesting one. Ismail Kone, a young kid, just turned 20. He's more of a wide man, though, isn't he? More of a but he can play attacking attack. mid as well. Yeah. And he can play centrally. So, I don't know. Um, but I think, yeah, Stacchio, maybe Osorio for, for the experience. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, Alan. This is where my lack of knowledge is exposed. But this uh, Samuel Piet from uh, mm-hmm. Montreal, he's also a central midfielder, right? Yeah, he plays more defensive midfield. If we need two, um, we could sort of play Stacchio and, and Petit. I could see them sort of anchoring the midfield. Hutchinson could play there as well, of course. Or you have Petit backing up Estacchio, perhaps. Are we, are we Petit is Piet, right? Are we talking about the same guy? <laughs> oh, yeah, Piet. <laughs> I always call him Petit. Yeah, from the uh, manual <laughs> Petit. Yeah, it makes sense. But from what I'm hearing, anyway, you're, you're looking at five or six. You're looking at five or six players that can play... Central midfield, whether that means a more attacking role, a more defensive role, I'm certainly looking at the Belgian game. It's going to be, it's going to be holding midfielders. Um, but yeah, I think in that in that position, there's no real problems. There, no. Like, there's no lack of depth, like there is a centre back, and I feel pretty confident about that. If we were to lose a Stachio, I think it would be a big blow. A Piet <laughs> could could cover for him, but he's not quite the same quality when it comes to set pieces yeah. and and. And even just, yeah, as I said, controlling sort of the tempo. Of yeah, the I think when it comes to Canadian players, I mean, the ones who have a career in Europe are generally speaking a cut above the ones who only play in the MLS. So it is a shame. I mean, one guy we didn't talk about uh, in, in the defensive positions is Scott Kennedy, who yeah. he plays in, you know, not the Bundesliga, the first Bundesliga, but the second Bundesliga with Jan Regensburg, a decent team. Sadly, got injured just at the wrong time, um, and he will, he will miss it. But yeah, yeah, that one hurts because we don't have the depth there, and he definitely would have provided. So let's now get into attacking slash wide midfielders. There are some we know that are on the plane. Let's face it, and there are some that are on the on the fence, and there are some that probably won't make it. But let's get into it, um, Alan. I think we can agree on uh, a guy called Alfonso Davies making the team. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure he's going. Um, even if he's not 100% fit, although officially he is 100% fit. That's um, the word that's been put out by the Canadian Soccer Association. 
Otherwise, uh, you've got Junior Hollett. I think he's definitely on the plane. You've got Buchanan, who's definitely on the plane. Probably both these two might even be starting. Um, Davies, obviously, as we said. Yeah, those would be my my choices for wide players. All right, yep, sounds pretty good to me. I mean, yeah, I think uh, Hoylet, we know he's played in the Premier League. He's had a pretty decent career. Still only in his early 30s. He can do a job. Um, Davies, we don't even need to see about, but... With Hoylet as well, you see his football intelligence. He can see plays, you know, he's a step ahead often of, of the opposition. And I like that quality that he brings, sort of the experience factor. And yeah, obviously you've got the, the pace of Davies. Davies is, I mean, Alfonso Davies is just another <laughs> level. Um, but yeah, I think this is where we start to see the strengths of the Canadian national team going forward, which is still for me a strange thing to say, but um, yeah. definitely true. Um, with, with regards to kind of young wingers that, that can do a job, guys that we've seen at TFC come through this season. Do you think there's a place in the squad? I mean, you, you push me on, on <laughs> Nelson. I think Marshall Rutty is also a Canadian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Schaffelberg as well. Schaffelberg was in the, uh, in the squad against Bahrain today. So, I mean, they're in, they're in Herdman's thoughts. The sad thing is, and we talked about this last episode, none, none of the young players, Schaffelberg included, and Marshall Rutti, none of them improved this past season. And arguably, arguably they've um, sort of digressed. So... For this reason, I don't think they're probably in contention to make the World Cup squad. Or if they make the squad, I don't really see them playing a lot of minutes in the World Cup. Yeah, so. but I think just get, being in the squad, being around the squad, for a guy like Nelson, a Thompson, a Schaffelberg. I mean, Ronaldo went to the World Cup as a 16-year-old with Brazil, didn't play a single minute. But look at the player he became and the, the experience he got just by being around like the, you know, the guys who've been there and done it. Theo Walcott is a 15, 16 year old. Um, we'll talk about England um, possibly a little bit later as well in a, in a future episode. But yeah, I mean, it's good for the young players to get experience. I agree. And uh, with the World Cup squad being um, expanded this this year, you can bring a few extra players. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be room for a few for a few young kids. So why not? Um, yeah, uh, Raheem Edwards was a guy we saw come through at TFC. That's now in this kind of, you can call it the training squad for, for Canada. Do you think there's any chance he can make the, the final 26? How old is Raheem Edwards, actually? I always think he was a kid. Yeah, 27. I think of him as a kid. He's 27. 27. Great guy. Um, my friend, uh, my friend Steve actually met him on on the GO train after a match one time. Um, seems like a great guy. I always liked him, thought he had talent. Hasn't really progressed to the heights that perhaps Canadian soccer fans would have would have hoped for, but um, still, yeah, in contention for one of these, you know, added places for the squad. Okay. Yeah, we'll it. have to see. We'll have to see. Um, just one thing I wanted to mention, Alan, is that never, ever refer to Theo Walcott when you're talking about Ronaldo. They should never <laughs> be in the same sentence, in the same paragraph. It's the perfect example of one person's career who went very well and another person's career who went, let's say, the other way. <laughs> it was just... Point, counterpoint, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, strikers. Strikers. I mean, is there any doubt really that we're looking at, if we're playing a front two, David and Laren, oh, any disagreement about that? No, no. The, the only question is, are we playing a front two or front one, basically? And yeah, Jonathan I, David is, is probably the starter in that Yeah, case. so if I, if I press you to choose between one of those two, yeah. we're both in agreement, I think, on David. Yeah. And how about this other... 
what's his name? Cavallani? Cavallini? The, the big yeah. guy plays in MLS. Seems, seems like he's going to, he's going to go. Um, he's done a decent job when he's, when he's come on, uh, when he's played. He's a lot, he's also deceptively old. 29, soon to be 30 actually. When does he turn 30? Yeah, December. So, um. It's almost like you're looking at notes as we record this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought of it. I just remembered his birthday right now. Um. But yeah, he, he, he's good. Um, obviously not, not the starter. He'd, he'd be a little bit further down the depth for me, but you need players like that. Yeah. Another striker that's actually impressed me a lot is Ukbo, who Herdman has, has personally brought into the, the Canadian fold. He seems like a great finisher, hasn't usually started matches for Canada, but he's the kind of player that can come on and make a difference as a sub. So I think, again, going forward with attack, we've got some good depth, um, some players that can come on if need be. Obviously, you lose if you lose Jonathan David or Alfonso Davies. It's a big blow. But barring that, you know, we can we can sub in some pretty good players, Laren and, and Ubo and Calvi. <laughs> yeah, Calvi. I mean, I, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. So, I mean, overall, looking at the squad, centre back is a bit of a worry because of the lack of depth. But I'd say every other position, pretty pretty stable. We should be able to manage, and which is important in a tournament. Okay, so this is the part where I ask you now, as a as a Canadian soccer fan, what are your expectations for this World Cup? Can Canada get out of the group? <laughs> so, can, yes, they can. Do I think they will? I, sadly, I don't think they will. But obviously, I'm going to be cheering them every step of the way. I think, I think the, the match where we've got the biggest chance to get a result is, is Morocco. I think sort of the, the match that's going to be the big one for Canada is going to be Croatia because I don't think anyone's expecting us to get anything out of Belgium. So that's sort of, for us, no pressure. <laughs> there's, there's no pressure on us in that match. No one's expecting anything. But Croatia is the one where potentially maybe people think we could get something. I think it's going to be very difficult. These guys were at the final very recently. Yeah, as an English fan, I can tell you one thing you don't want to do is underestimate yeah. Croatia because that has stung England three times over the years. Yeah, so I, I sadly don't think we're going to... I think it's going to be Croatia and Belgium going through, but, you know, there's a chance, and we just have to take it one game at a time. As I said, we're happy to be there. That was the first goal, but now it's on to the next goal. The next goal is scoring a goal, getting a result. You know, we just got to keep pushing forward on and on. So that's sort of my mentality. I'm a realist, but obviously I'm also a patriot, and I'm hoping Canada do well. Okay, so Anna, let me ask you. Um, first game against Belgium, what formation did you play? <laughs> Well, I saw I saw an interview recently with Herdman, and he was asked, "Is he sleeping all right?" And uh, he said, "Yes, he is sleeping fine, but that he does wake up occasionally in cold sweats, thinking about Kevin De Bruyne." <laughs> and he laughed; it was a joke, but with all good jokes, there's a hint, an element of truth to it. So we talked off off air, obviously, about um, some strategies that Canada could employ against Belgium. You mentioned something about the I think it was a Japanese side in, in World Cup 2002 against almost pulling off a shock result against a big, bigger nation. But what do you think Canada need to do against Belgium to hopefully potentially get a result? It's a numbers game. And what I mean by that is pack the, the box with as many numbers as you can. Because you've got Lukaku there, you've got Hazard on one wing, you've got take your pick on the other wing, and you've got Kevin De Bruyne providing the balls going wherever he wants. So Canada are going to be playing with the backs against the wall from the first minute. And you know what? Bring it on. Play three centre-backs. Play three central midfielders. Keep defending the whole time. Because every time you get the ball... I mean, I personally, I'm looking at one striker in this game. 
And not only that, I'm looking at a 5-3-1-1, you could say, <laughs> with, um, yeah, with three centre-backs, three centre midfielders, one wide left, one wide right. And when you get the chance to get the ball with these guys, you put the quickest guys you've got out there, and you see what they can do on the break. Which means you you get the ball and you say, right, where's Alfonso Davis? Where's Jonathan David? Get it into them. If David has the ball, he can hold it up. Okay, and then you're looking for, if we're going to go with pace, then I'm going to say Buchanan as a right wing back and Adekungi as a right, uh, sorry, left wing back. Pace, right? They do the job that they're asked to do defensively. When we get the ball, I say we, I mean, when Canada get the ball, um, you're, 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 looking, you're looking for those guys. So I would, personally, I'd play David as a lone striker. Davies in a free role, basically, around him or near him or wherever he needs to be. The, the quickest left back you've got, the quickest right back you've got as wing backs, and you just pack the box with three central defenders. For me, it's Victoria and Miller, and I would play Hutchinson for his experience as a as a, as a centre-back, and then in midfield, as my three midfielders, I mean, for me, we talked about it, you've got to go to Estacchio, he's got to be a starter, and I'd play Osorio, probably K as my third choice. Alan, would you deviate from that? K or Piet would be the two options, I guess. Doesn't yeah. really matter. And obviously, if the game's not going well, and then Canada need a game, uh, a goal, they bring on Larin, they go to 4-4-2, and if they still need a goal, then, <laughs> you know, you... you See how it goes towards the end, basically. There's Wait. always Daniel Henry you can bring on as a striker. <laughs> I joked that I wanted to have Daniel Henry start the match and just get a straight red card right away, just take out De Bruyne. But would you, speaking of De Bruyne though, would you have somebody cover him? Um, mark him <laughs> specifically? Yeah, or? The, the game that I was referring to was, um, it was a 98 World Cup where ah, Argentina okay. had uh, Ortega, who was That's just, it. you give him the ball, he runs the show. And I think in the first game... I think it was Japan, actually. They, they just put two guys on him the whole time. Their job was just man-mark him. He was that good that you had to man-mark him with two guys for the whole match. And maybe that's something that, that uh, Canada needs to do with De Bruyne, because if you stop him, you stop the, you know, the supply line to the guys at the front. Maybe not man-marking the whole time, but maybe one guy man-marking and the other guys just around him at most times stopping, stopping those balls coming in, because he is a machine. And the crazy thing with De Bruyne is you don't, he doesn't really have a weakness in terms of like he can bring the ball forward, he can spread it out wide, he can do, he can kick, he can do a long ball to someone forward, like his accuracy is, he can hit you, he can attack you, he can hurt you from so many different ways. So my money, he's the best player in the world. Yeah. And I'm including Lionel Messi in that, I'm including Cristiano Ronaldo in that, I'm including Haaland, I'm including Mbappe. You name it. Yeah, Mbappe for me is a fantastic player, but he doesn't have the, the range of ability that De Bruyne has. I don't think anyone does. He's I agree. Just, he's a machine, like I say. Um, expectations for the, the Belgium game. Give me a scoreline. Oh, jeez. Well, the one thing I'll say, first of all, with your strategy, your tactics, I, I like it um, because if there's an... Uh, if there's a weakness to Belgium, it's, it's similar to Canada where perhaps they could be got out at the back. And, yeah. And guys like Alderville, yeah. Vertonghen, the last thing they want to see is a young 20-something with pace coming at them. Yeah, exactly. So all of our elves, uh, Vertonghen and Vermeilen as well, I think he's the other guy that could be expecting to play at the, at the at centre-back. They None of them have pace. And I think the only guy they got with pace is um, 
Jason Denier, and I think he's not even going to make the squad. In fact, I think he hasn't made the squad. I can double check that for us now as we're, as we're live recording this. Live but um, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that, that Belgium don't have. And if you can hit them on the break, you can do them. And if there's anyone that can hit them on the break, it's Mr. Alfonso Davies. So having said that, Alan, prediction so, for the squad. Yeah, so look, I'll be happy with any sort of result against Belgium, but realistically, I can see it being close. You don't get a lot of blowouts in international soccer. I think Wales played Belgium recently, and in some ways they're similar to Canada. Um, and they lost 2-1, so uh, I'll, I'm going to predict 2-1, which would be a fantastic result for Canada, actually, even if we lost, because, uh, yeah, first goal, um, keeping it tight against Belgium. Even if we are somewhat parking the bus, playing very, in a sense, negative football, I mean, look, we're playing against one of the favorites to win the World Cup, you you have to be realistic and uh, setting up to attack. I mean, that could be fun for the neutral. could end 11-10 or some craziness like that. But uh, no, I think the way you described it is probably the way, the best way to potentially get at Belgium. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I want to see Canada do well, but I'm going to go with the 3-1 win for, uh, for Belgium in that one. No offense, Alan. No, I predict similar. <laughs> So, Croatia then, how do you line up differently? Do you change things around personnel? Well, this is where I ask you, what would you change uh, for that one? I mean, I can give you my thoughts afterwards, but let's say I'm assuming we're on the same page with a 5-3-1-1 in the first game. What would you change in the second? Um, I don't think we need to play Hutchinson in central defence again, and, and this is another... Problem. I, uh, Hutchinson's such a great servant for the Canadian national team, such a great player, but there are doubts as to whether he can play 90 minutes, you know, every yeah, single yeah, match in the World Cup. Old, so <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And so we're going to have to manage his minutes. Um, so if we're using him in the way we've just described against Belgium, it's going to be tough to give him a full, full, even 70 minutes or so um, against Croatia. But if we if we use him in Croatia. I would start him every match, to be honest, and just see how long he can go. <laughs> um, so I, I would start him in the midfield. Probably, uh, I don't know. Uh, so be so a bit more adventurous formation. against Croatia. Yeah. So what formation are you playing from the start? <sighs> Maybe uh, four five one or oh, yeah. four four two, but probably four five one with uh, yeah with probably Davies out wide, Buchanan on the other side. Similarly, their best player is also. In the mold of, of De Bruyne, Modric, but don't think he's going to be as dangerous. But of course, his experience, obviously, his quality, it's there. He he can hurt you as well. But um, I don't think we need to go as heavy on the defense against Croatia. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, just one thing to say on that. I've described De Bruyne as a machine, um, but Modric really is a machine. I mean, <laughs> this is a guy who's playing in his late thirties, still That's starting well, for yeah. Real Madrid, still playing for his country. It's unbelievable what he's achieved. Yeah, personally, I think that's the game where, it's like Alan said, that's the game that's going to make or break the qualification. And I think in that situation, you don't need to play three centre-backs and three central midfielders. You can mix it up a little bit. So I would go with a 4-4-1-1. Again, Kyle Lahren not starting. Um, I play Davies in this free role that I've described in the first game. And I think in that situation, I would bring in uh, Hoyland to play on the left. Uh, I didn't overlook him for the first game, but I... It would be a starter for me. Um, keep your cannon as the right midfielder. Take your pick for the central two. Eustachio would probably Hutchinson, see what he can do. Bring on Osorio as and when you need him. And then a centre-back, uh, yeah, uh, Vittoria and um, Miller that we mentioned. 
Adekubi as uh, as the left back, and in that situation, Larea um, as the right back. Now, I should mention also Larea, who I wouldn't have had in my starting eleven for the for the Belgium game at right wing back. I probably would have him as a th- as my third central midfielder, like a right sided central midfielder in a three, uh, starting in that game. Because again, you've got pace, but you've also got the, yeah, just a little bit of kind of know-how. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. He would be in my team for the, for the second match, whether that's right back or right midfield. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I think against the, the, the difference between Belgium and Croatia for me is to get a result against Belgium, it's going to depend on the tactics more, I think, and we're going to have to play a very specific game. Whereas with Croatia, I feel like we can play a little bit more of the... Can I say it? Canadian style? The, yeah. the football that we played to actually qualify for the World Cup and, and also, of course, against Morocco as well. Um, yeah, a little bit more of what, what brought you to the yeah. advance, you would say. Yeah. yeah, so, no, I agree with you. I think, I think that's probably how Herdman's going to line up. Um, but yeah, we will, we will see. Scoreline prediction against Croatia. Um, I apologize to all my Canadian listeners, <laughs> but I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Croatia on this one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, yeah, real, the realist in me thinks it's going to be tough to get a result against Croatia. I could see them winning as well, 2-0, 3-1, something like that. Um, but this is the match that I said before that, that, that could decide who qualifies from the group and who doesn't between Canada and Croatia, because I think everyone's expecting Belgium yeah. to top. So I think there are certain games that you can look back on and say one particular player ran the show and really you know won the game for his country you can look back to certain games in certain world cups where individuals have the ability to do that and one thing i would say is that i'm not underestimating the the limits of alfonso davies as an individual because he is a guy that in theory could pick the ball up and score a hat trick of runs from midfield you know or link up with with david and, and together they score four in one match you don't know um, so what I will say is that while I have still gone for the win for Croatia, I'm not ruling out a, a, a Canada win. No, absolutely not. I think it depends almost entirely on the individual brilliance of Alfonso Davies. And that's not to rule out the individual brilliance of David, of Yastachio, of these other players I've mentioned. But Davies really is the one world-class player at the top of his game at a top, top, top European club. If he can bring what we know he can, there's a chance. That's the thing. He, I've, I've talked about players hurting teams. He can hurt teams. But he can create goals out of nothing as well. And we've seen that as well. He's got that, that in his locker. So, yeah, you can never rule him out when he's playing. Um, so, we shall see. Let's go to the last match then, Morocco. Hopefully okay. not the last match for Canada. But <laughs> the last match that we can talk about in confidence is a preview. Yeah. Um, you want to go first or should I go into it? get into it. <laughs> okay, so the first thing you've got to say going to the third game of a group is it depends what they've done in the first two that decides do they need a win? Do they need a draw? Do they, can, they, can they lose? Maybe they've already won two. But let's assume they go into this game needing a win. In that situation, what you talked about is you know doing what they did in qualification. If there's one team you can do that against off the three, it's Morocco. So for me, it's 4-4-2. For me, it's Laren and David playing together up front it's Alfonso Davies officially on left midfield, but really he can go where he wants. Flat back four and take your pick with the with the other positions. 
Overlapping fullbacks. Yep. Atakubi, yep. Lorea. Yep. I expect Canada to see more of the ball in this game, as in more than 50% possession. And in the other two games, I expect them to, I expect it to be the opposite. And I think that's the way that John Hogan's going to set them up. Like, it, to defend, to play counter-attack. But I think in the Morocco game, they're going to have the ball, they're going to dictate the pace, they're going to decide, you know, what happens. And honestly, two strikers, get them up there, give the ball to Alfonso Davies as much as you can, get the crosses in, get the overlaps. And that's a game I can see, I don't want to get into a prediction yet, but that's the way I would approach that game, Alan. You want to talk predictions? I, I've been hard on Canada so far. I'm going to go for a win in this one if, if, if it comes down to it. Maybe, uh, I could, I could see it being exciting. 3-2 or something like this. I don't know. Yeah? I'd take the over on this one for goals. Well, Alan and everyone listening, I've predicted two defeats for Canada so far in the, in the two games. I'm going to go for a 4-1 win to Canada wow. in this game. And if three points is not enough to get them through, at least they'll, you know, die on their sword. They'll show what they're made of for the future. Um, because I think a Canada, t- a Canada team with that amount of talent that takes it to another, another team that doesn't have the attacking quality of the others, um, I can see them doing some real damage. And that's a game where I think you're going to see players like Larin, players like Hoyler that maybe wouldn't have started the first two games, just show what they've got and, and just, just really go for it. And I can see that being a goal fest. Maybe defensively as well, a little bit shaky, but I can see Canada getting the win in that game. You asked me at the beginning what I'm looking forward to or what I'm excited about, and actually, what I'm really excited about is seeing Canada on the greatest stage in football and having the spotlight shining on them. And this is where stars are made and, and legends are, are born. And I'm excited to see, I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the world to see what I've already seen and what I already know of the Canadian national team. And, and I'm just excited to see these players shine under the spotlight. So that's, yeah, hopefully they have a good tournament. Hopefully they, they do have some, some wins up yeah, their sleeve. Yeah, I, I, I would second that looking at it as an outsider. I mean, when I was first told about MLS 12 years ago, I thought, yeah, what's this, you know, kind of crap league, whatever. I was surprised with the quality. I've seen great players come through. And I think a lot of people in Europe have had the attitude of, you know, you know which, which great Canadian players have really made it and it's no one they've ever heard of and whatever. But Alfonso Davies is the guy that's changed that. And I think it's, it's opened up. The, it's opened the door, let's say, to all the others who now have made the transition. And this is the time for people who, you know, maybe they, you know, most people in Europe, they don't keep an eye on who's qualified from the North American, you know, section of the World Cup qualification. They're expecting Canada to be a one-man team because it's the one man they've heard of. They don't realize that they actually played most games without him, especially in the second half of the qualification. And they were just fine without him. So... I'm excited. I want to see what they can do. And uh, I look forward to, yeah, watching you uh, <laughs> sing the national anthem with pride. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think what we can do, Alan, is uh, we'll, we'll try and do one podcast after each game. And yeah, let's see where we are in, in three weeks. We could try. And yeah, just, uh, just to your, your further your other point that you just made, Canada played 14 matches in the last round of World Cup qualifying. Alfonso Davies missed seven of those 14, and Canada still were undefeated until the very end when it didn't matter anymore, really. Yeah, so, and won the group. Um, yeah, that, that wraps up our Canada World Cup preview. And as Lauren said, we're going to try to get back um, with a few more episodes. There could definitely be one more episode, the next episode being a bonus episode. 
not really to do with TFC or Canada, but with another nation that's close to Lawrence's heart. So, look forward to that. Until then, see you in the next pod.